0: Hi, and welcome to Sleep Tight, Relax. Short message for grown-ups. If you get value from our stories, please consider subscribing to Sleep Tight Premium. It's a bit like having a library full of bedtime stories at your fingertips. Along with sleep sounds, guided meditations, and music for sleep, we help you make sleep time easier and hopefully bring joy and calm to your children. Visit SleeptightPremium.com to subscribe. A link can also be found in our show notes. Thank you.
1: Hi there, and welcome to this episode of Sleep Tight Relax, sounds, music, and stories for calming busy minds. Now let's begin to relax. Let's get ourselves in just the right mindset for this episode's sleep story, Twinette and the Elves as narrated by Cheryl. This is a story about a young girl who wants to make a wish as she fetches water by the wishing well. She hears a noise and helps someone in need, and that night She gets a reward for helping, but it changes everything for her. So, before we listen to the story, let's start by turning the lights down and find your comfortable place, your place to relax, or your favorite position in bed. You might position your pillows or your other little comforts, to make sure that everything feels as it should. Remember to remove distractions and turn off notifications. If you can, close your eyes and start with a few deep breaths. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. With each inhale, try to feel your belly filling up with air. You can even place your hands on your belly to feel the rising and falling of your abdomen as you take in these deep breaths. Take another deep breath in and out. Breathe in and hold ever so slightly and breathe out and relax. Breathe in and breathe out. One thing I find which is quite helpful is to pretend your belly is like a balloon. So you take a deep breath in and make the balloon bigger then as you breathe out, you make the balloon shrink. So repeat these deep breaths for a minute or two, or longer if you like, and try thinking of your belly as a balloon. Take your time and breathe as deeply and as slowly as you can. When you are ready, return to your normal way of breathing, not doing anything special, just breathing naturally. I hope you have a deep and restful Sleep.
0: Twinet and the Elves. The winter sun was nearing the horizon's edge. Each moment, the tree shadows grew longer in the forest. Each moment, the crimson light on the upper boughs became more red and bright. It was Christmas Eve, or would be in half an hour, when the sun should be fairly set. But it did not feel like Christmas, for the afternoon was mild and sweet and the wind in the leafless boughs sang as it moved about, as though to imitate the vanished birds. Soft trills and whistles, odd little shakes and twitters. It was astonishing what pretty noises the wind made, or it was in good humor, as winds should be on the blessed night. All its storm tones and bass notes were, for the moment, laid aside. And gently, as though hushing a baby to sleep, it cooed and rustled and brushed to and fro in the leafless woods. Twinette stood, pitcher in hand, beside the well. Wishing well, the people called it, or they believed that if anyone standing there bowed to the east, repeated a certain rhyme, and wished a wish, the wish would certainly come true. Unluckily, nobody knew exactly what the rhyme should be. Wynette did not. She was wishing that she did as she stood with her eyes fixed on the bubbling water. How nice it would be, she thought. What beautiful things should be hers if it were only to wish and to have. She would be beautiful, rich, good all so good the children should love her dearly and never be disagreeable mother should not work so hard they should all go back to France which mother said was Belle oh dear how nice it would be Meanwhile, the sun sank lower, and Mother at home was waiting for the water. But twinette forgot that. Suddenly, she startled. A low sound of crying met her ear, and something like a tiny moan. It seemed close by, but she saw nothing. Hastily, she filled her pitcher and turned to go. But again, the sound came. An unmistakable sob right under her feet. Twinette stopped short. What is the matter? She called out bravely. Is anybody there? And if there is, why don't I see you? third sob, and all at once, down on the ground beside her, a tiny figure became visible, so small that Twinette had to kneel and stoop her head to see it plainly. The figure was that of an odd little man. He wore clothes of green bright like the scales of a beetle. In his might of a hand was a cap, out of which stuck a long pointed feather. Two specks of tears stood on his cheeks and he fixed on twinette a glance so sharp and so sad that it made her feel sorry and frightened and confused all at once. Why, how funny this is, she said, speaking to herself out loud. Not at all, replied the little man in a voice as dry and crisp as the chir of a grasshopper. Anything but funny. I wish you wouldn't use such words. It hurts my feelings, Twinette. How do you know my name? cried Twinet, astonished. That's strange, but what is the matter? Why are you crying so, little man? I'm not a little man. I am an elf, responded the dry voice. And I think you would cry if you had an engagement out to tea and found yourself stuck on a great bayonet so that you couldn't move an inch. Look! He turned a little as he spoke, and Twinette saw a long rose thorn sticking through the back of his green clothes. The little man could by no means reach the thorn, and it held him fast to the place. Is that all, she said? I'll take it out for you. Be careful, oh be careful, said the little man. These are my new clothes, you know, my Christmas suit, and it's got to last a year. If there is a hole in it, Peace Cod will tickle me, and Bean Blossom will tease, and I will be very sad. He stamped with vexation at the thought. Now you mustn't do that, said Twinette in a motherly tone, else you'll tear it yourself, you know. She broke off the thorn as she spoke and gently drew it out. The elf anxiously examined the stuff. A tiny puncture only was visible and his face brightened. You're a good child, he said. I'll do as much for you someday, perhaps would have come before if I had seen you, remarked Twinette timidly, but I didn't see you a bit. No, because I had my cap on, cried the elf. He placed it on his head as he spoke and poof, presto, nobody was there. Only a voice which laughed and said, well, don't stare so, lay your finger on me now. <sighs> Oh, said Twynette with a gasp, how wonderful. How fun it must be to do that. The children wouldn't see me. I should steal in and surprise them. They would go on talking and never guess that I was there. I should so like it. Do elves ever lend their caps to anybody? I wish you'd lend me yours. It must be so nice to be invisible. Ah, cried the elf, suddenly appearing again. Lend my cap, indeed. Why, it wouldn't stay on the very tip of your ear. It's so small. As for nice, that depends. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. No, the only way for people to be invisible is to gather the fern seed and put it in their shoes gather it? Where? I never saw any seed to the ferns, said Twinette, staring about her. Of course not. We elves take care of that, replied the little man. Nobody finds the fern seed but ourselves. I'll tell you what, though. You were such a nice child to take out the thorns so cleverly that I will give you a little of the seed." then you can try the fun of being invisible to your heart's content. Will you really? How delightful, may I have it now? Bless me, do you think I carry my pockets stuffed with it? Said the elf, not at all. Go home, say not a word to anyone, but leave your bedroom window open tonight and you'll see what you'll see. Laid a finger on his nose as he spoke, gave a jump like a grasshopper, clapping on his cap as he went, and vanished. Twinette lingered a moment in hopes that he might come back, then took her pitcher and hurried home. How long you have been, said her mother. It's late for a little girl like you to be up. You must make better speed another time, my child. Twinette pouted as she was apt to do when reproved. The children clamored to know what had kept her, and she spoke angrily, so that they too became upset and presently went away into the outer kitchen to play by themselves. The children were apt to creep away when Twinette came. It made her angry and upset at times that they should do so, but she did not realize that it was in great part her own fault, and so did not set herself to mend it. Tell me a tori said baby Jenny, creeping to her knee a little later. But Twinette's head was so full of the elf, she had no time to spare for Jenny. Oh, not tonight, she replied. Ask mother to tell you one. Mother's busy, said Jenny wistfully. Twinette took no notice, and the little one crept away sadly. Bedtime at last. Twinette left the window open and lay a long time, waiting and watching. Then she fell asleep. She waked with a sneeze and a jump and sat up in bed. Behold, on the coverlet stood the elfin friend with a long train of other elves beside him, all clad in the beetle wing green and wearing little pointed caps. More were coming in at the window. Outside, a few were drifting about in the moon rays, which lit their sparkling clothes till they glittered like so many fireflies. The odd thing was, that though the caps were on, Twinette could see the elves distinctly. And this surprised her so much that again she thought out loud and said, how funny. You mean about the caps, replied her special elf, who seemed to have the power of reading thought. Yes, you can see us tonight, caps and all. Spells lose their value on Christmas Eve, always. Piscot, where is the box? Do you still wish to try the experiment of being invisible, Twinet? Oh, yes, indeed I do. Very well, so let it be. As he spoke, he beckoned, and two elves, panting and puffing like little men with a heavy load, dragged forward a plain little box about the size of a pumpkin seed. One of them lifted the cover. Pay the border, please, ma'am, he said, giving Twinette's ear a little tweak with his fingers. Hands off, you peace god, cried Twinet's elf. This is my girl. She shan't be pinched, he said. Twinette admired him very much, and Peace God slunk away. Thistle dipped his fingers in the box, which was full of fine brown seeds, and shook a handful into each of Twinette's shoes as they stood, toes together by the bedside. Now you have your wish, he said, and can go about and do what you like no one seeing. The charm will end at sunset. Make the most of it while you can. But if you want to end it sooner, shake the seeds from your shoes, and then you are just as usual. Oh, I shan't want to, protested Twinette. I'm sure I shan't. Goodbye, said Thistle with a little laugh. "'Goodbye, and thank you ever so much,' replied Twinette. "'Goodbye, goodbye,' replied the other elves in shrill chorus. They clustered together as if in consultation. Then straight out of the window they flew like a swarm of gauzy-winged bees and melted into the moonlight.'" Quinet jumped up and ran to watch them, but the little men were gone. Not a trace of them was to be seen, so she shut the window, went back to bed, and presently, in the midst of her amazed and excited thoughts, fell asleep. She woke in the morning with a strange, doubtful feeling. Had she dreamed, or had it really happened? She put on her best petticoat and laced her blue bodice, for she thought the mother would perhaps take them across the wood to the little chapel or the Christmas service. Her long hair smooth and tied, her shoes trimly fastened. Downstairs she ran. The mother was stirring porridge over the fire. Twinette went close to her, but she did not move or turn her head. How late the children are, she said at last, lifting the boiling pot. Then she went to the stairfoot and called, Mark, Jenny. "'Pierre, Marie, breakfast is ready, my children. "'Twinette, but where then is Twinette? "'She is usually down long before this.' "'Twinette isn't upstairs,' said Marie from above. "'Her door is wide opened and she isn't there.' "'That is strange,' said the mother. "'I have been here an hour and she has not passed this way since.' She went to the outer door and called, Twinette, Twinette, Passing close to Twinette as she did so, and looking straight at her with unseeing eyes. Twinette, half frightened, half pleased, giggled low to herself. She really was invisible then. How strange it seemed, and what fun it was going to be. The children sat down to breakfast, little Jenny as the youngest saying grace. The mother distributed the porridge and gave each a spoon, but she looked anxious. Where can Quinette have gone? She said to herself. Quinette was feeling a little guilty. She was half inclined to dispel the charm on the spot, but just then she caught a whisper from Pierre to Marc, which so surprised her as she put the idea out of her head. Perhaps she has disappeared, Pierre said with a giggle, and Mark answered, if she has, I'm going to ask mother to let me have her room for my own. Poor Twinet, her cheeks burned and her eyes filled with tears at this. Didn't the boys love her a bit then? What a silly boy to say such things, she thought. The smoking porridge reminded her that she was hungry. So brushing away the tears, she slipped a spoon off the table. And whenever she found the chance, dipped it into a bowl for a mouthful. The porridge disappeared rapidly. I want some more said Jenny. "'Bless me, how fast you have eaten,' said the mother, turning to the bowl. This made Twinet laugh, which shook her spoon, and a drop of the hot mixture fell right on the tip of Marie's nose as she sat waiting for her turn for a second helping. Marie gave a little squeal. "'What is it?' said the mother. "'Hot water right on my face!' Spluttered Marie. Water, cried Mark. It's porridge. You splattered with your spoon. Eat more carefully, my child, said the mother. And Twinette laughed again as she heard her. After all, there was some fun in being invisible. The morning went by. Constantly, the mother went to the door and, shading her eyes with her hand, looked out in hopes of seeing a little figure come down the wood path. Or she thought perhaps the child went to the spring after water and fell asleep there. The children played happily, meanwhile. They were used to doing without Twinette and did not seem to miss her, except that now and then baby Jenny said, Poor Twinet, gone, not here, all gone. Well, what if she has, said Mark, at last looking up from the wooden cup he was carving for Marie's doll. We can play all the better. Mark was a bold, outspoken boy who always told his whole mind about things. If she were here, he went on, she would only scold and interfere. Twinette almost always scolds. It is rather nice, admitted Marie, but I hope she is having a nice time somewhere else. I don't think Twinette had ever felt so unhappy in her life. She had taken it for granted that the others must love her by a sort of right and the knowledge that they did not grieve over very much. Creeping away, she hid herself in the woods. It was a sparkling day, but the sun did not look so bright as usual. Cuddled down under a rose bush, Twinette sat crying, as if her heart would break at the recollection of the speeches she had overheard. By and by, a little voice within her woke up and began to make itself audible. All of us know this little voice. We call it a conscience. Jenny missed me, she thought, and oh dear, I pushed her away only last night and wouldn't tell her a story. And Marie hoped I was having a pleasant time somewhere else. Mark was unkind to say what he said, but. I wasn't always kind to him. Oh dear, oh dear, what an unkind girl I have been to them all. But you could be better and kinder if you tried, couldn't you? Said the inward voice. I think you could. And Twinette clasped her hands tight and said out loud, I could, yes, and I will. first thing to be done was to get rid of the fern seed which she now regarded as a bad thing she untied her shoes and shook it out in the grass it dropped and seemed to melt into the air or it instantly vanished a mischievous laugh sounded close behind and a beetle green coattail was visible whisking under a tuft of rushes. But Twinette had had enough of the elves and, tying her shoes, took the road toward home, running with all her might. Where have you been all day, Twinette? cried the children as, breathless and panting, she flew in at the gate. But Twinette could not speak. She made slowly for her mother, who stood in the doorway, flung herself into her arms and burst into a passion of tears. Ma chérie, what is it? Where have you come from? Asked the good mother, alarmed. She lifted Twinette into her arms as she spoke and quickly went inside. The other children followed. Whispering and peeping, but the mother sent them away. And sitting down by the fire with Twinette in her lap, she rocked and hushed and comforted, as though Twinette had been again a little baby. Gradually, the sobs ceased. For a while, Twinette lay quiet with her head on her mother's shoulder. Then she wiped her wet eyes, put her arms around her mother's neck, and told her everything from the very beginning, keeping not a single thing back. Her mother listened with alarm. Saints protect us, she muttered. Then, feeling Twinette's hands and head, said, you have a fever. I will make you a drink, my darling, and you must at once go to bed. Twinet protested, but to bed she went, and perhaps it was the wisest thing, or the warm drink threw her into a long, sound sleep. And when she woke, she was herself again, bright and well, hungry for dinner and ready to do her usual tasks. Herself, but not quite the same twinette that she had been before. It takes time to change. Time and effort and a long struggle with habits and tempers. But there is sometimes a certain minute or day in which people begin to change. And thus it was with Twinette. The fairy lessons were not lost upon her. She began to struggle with herself, to watch her faults and try to conquer them. It was hard work. Often she felt discouraged, but she kept on. Week after week and month after month, She grew less selfish, more kind, and more obliging than she used to be. When she failed and her old temper got the better of her, she was sorry and asked for everyone's pardon so humbly that they could not but forgive. The mother began to think that the elves really had bewitched her child. As for the children, they learned to love Twinette as never before, and came to her with all their pains and pleasures, as children should to a kind older sister. Each fresh proof of this, every kiss from Jenny, every confidence from Mark, was a comfort to Twinette, or she never forgot Christmas day and felt that no trouble was too much to wipe out that unhappy memory. So with doubts and fears, the year went by, and again, it was Christmas Eve. Twinette had been asleep some hours when she was woken by a sharp tapping at the window pane. Startled and only half awake, she sat up in bed and saw by the moonlight a tiny figure outside, which she recognized. It was Thistle, drumming with his knuckles on the glass. "'Let me in!' cried the dry little voice. So Twinette opened the window, and Thistle flew in and perched, as before, on the coverlet. "'Merry Christmas, my girl,' he said, and a happy new year when it comes i've brought you a present and dipping into a pouch tied round his waist he pulled out a handful of something brown twinette knew what it was in a moment oh no she cried shinking back don't give me any fern seeds they frighten me i don't like them don't be silly said thistle his voice sounding kind this time in earnest. It wasn't pleasant being invisible last year, but perhaps this year it will be. Take my advice and try it. You'll not be sorry. Won't I? said Twinette, brightening. Very well, then, I will. She leaned out of bed and watched thistle strew the fine dust-like grains in each shoe. I'll drop in tomorrow night and just see how you like it, he said. Then, with a nod, he was gone. The old fear came back when she woke in the morning and she tied on her shoes with a tremble at her heart. Downstairs she went. The first thing she saw was a wooden ship standing on her plate. Mark had made the ship, but Twinette had no idea it was for her. The little ones all sat round the table with their eyes on the door watching till Twinette should come in and be surprised. I wish she'd hurry, said Pierre, drumming on his bowl with a spoon. We all want Twinette, don't we, said the mother, smiling as she poured the hot porridge. It will be fun to see her stare, declared Mark. Twinette is jolly when she stares. Her eyes look big and her cheeks grow pink. Twinette is ever so pretty she is ever so nice too said pierre she's as good to play with as 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 a boy finished triumphantly oh i wish my Twinette would come said jenny Twinette waited no longer but sped upstairs with glad tears in her eyes two minutes and down she came again, visible this time. Her heart was light as a feather. Merry Christmas, cheered the children. The ship was presented. Twinette was duly surprised, and so the happy day began. That night, Twinette left the window open and lay down in her clothes for she felt as thistle had been so kind she ought to receive him politely he came at midnight and with him all the other little men in green well how was it asked thistle oh i liked it this time declared Twinette with shining eyes and i thank you so much i'm glad you did said the elf "'and I'm glad you are thankful, "'for we want you to do something for us.' "'What can it be?' inquired Twinet, wondering. "'You must know,' went on Thistle, "'that there is no dainty in the world "'which we elves enjoy, like a bowl of fern-seed broth. "'But it has to be cooked over a real fire, "'and we dare not go near fire, you know, lest our wings scorch. So we seldom get any fernseed broth. Now, Twinet, will you make us some? Indeed I will, cried Twinet, only you must tell me how. It is very simple, said P. Scott. only seed and honeydew, stirring from left to right with a sprig of fennel. Here's the seed and the fennel and here's the do. Be sure and stir from the left. If you don't, it curdles and the flavor will be spoiled. Down into the kitchen they went, and Twinette moving very softly, quickened the fire, set on the smallest bowl she could find, and spread the doll's table with the wooden saucers which Mark had made for Jenny to play with. Then she mixed and stirred as the elves bade, and when the soup was done, served it to them smoking hot. How they feasted. No bumblebee dipping into a flower cup ever sipped and twinkled more rapturously than they. When the last drop was eaten, they made ready to go. Each in turn kissed Twinette's hand and said a word of farewell. Thistle brushed his feather cap over the doorpost as he passed. Be lucky, house, he said, for you have received and entertained the luck-bringers. And be lucky, Twinet. Good temper is good luck. And sweet words and kind looks and peace in the heart are the fairest of fortunes. See that you never lose them again, my girl. With this, he, too, kissed Toinette's hand, waved his feather cap, and whir. They were all gone. While Toinette, covering the fire with ashes and putting aside the little cups, ran up to her bed, a very happy child. sleep tight.